Hello, savvy listeners. I am excited you are taking the time to invest in yourself today. Savvy, the business podcast will show you how your daily habits can create your own platform. Experts will share solutions and efficient tips to create a roadmap just for you. One thing that can make this happen, change your habits, change your success. Welcome to Savvy, the business podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Savvy, the business podcast. Um, We are bringing you once again a guest uh, like we always do. We want to always bring you someone that is an expertise not only in their field, but can bring you various solutions and tips that you may not have thought of, or you may have thought of and not quite sure how to execute. So we always like to bring you, you know, those type of uh, professionals and entrepreneurs uh, to you. Today we have Mr. Clint Padgett, and I'm going to read a little bit of his bio. Clint is a seasoned entrepreneur with over 30 years experience as a project manager and leader. He is a published author, teacher, and expert in team building and the art of conversation. Since joining PSI in 94, Clint has been helping leaders and their teams implement repeatable, sustainable strategies to deliver high stakes projects on time, on target. Clint's vast level of experience position him to position him, reshape the landscape of project management to better reflect today's new business models. Clint is a Forbes books featured author, Forbes speakers thought leader, and frequently speaks at conferences on the subject of project management and teamwork, including the executive education program and the Scheller College of Business at the Georgia Institute of Technology, where he is an adjunct professor. Clint's first book, Project Success Method, is a unique, proven, and fire-tested methodology which allows companies, groups, and managers to learn and develop consistency in the way they plan, schedule, manage, control, and close out projects on time, per spec, and within budget in as little as five days. Now, I must say project management is one of my biggest thing and that I push on everybody on planning and organization. So I I think we're going to have a lot of fun in this conversation. Sounds good. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about, you know, um, I mean, we know you have the experience, but what sparked you to say, okay, let me hone in on project management? Well, I'm a former Coca-Cola employee, and we had some projects early in my career that did not go very well. In fact, one of them that went so poorly that my boss's boss, the engineering manager, got fired. And so we said, we got to get better at managing projects. We brought in a company to teach us some project management skills and techniques, and we saw great benefits of that. And then I decided that I really liked that stuff, and so I kind of gravitated more in that role. Okay. Now, with project management, of course, there's a plethora of online tools out there and you can pick from any one of them but uh, I normally you know tend to to streamline people to something that is easily accessible where you could get it on any of your devices and that you could collaborate with your clients with your team and anyone can access it with ease what are your thoughts on that I think collaboration tools are great uh, and online tools are, are nice as well. But I think for me, the 
I'm a people person and I believe that the secret sauce and being successful in managing projects is the people side of managing projects. You know, it's it, process is certainly important that we want to have a good solid process and robust process, but the people is what will fail you. I mean, their software tools help with process. There are no software tools help with people. The fact that Joe, Jill, Bob, and Sue are on your team, that's, that's the difficult part. You know, not necessarily the technical stuff that needs, needs to get done. So I'm big on team and people. I, I think that's really the focus of my second book is really the people side of managing projects. How do you motivate people? How do you get them to be engaged? And mostly, how do you drive accountability down to the team member level? Right. So, um, and, and you're completely right. So that goes into the follow-up process. Even though we have those tools is to follow up. You can, you know, attach documents, put messages, put whatever comments you want to put. But if there's no uh, follow-up and execution, you leave that hole. Correct. And I think if you think about follow-up, it's, so really it's about having a conversation. I think one of the things that I've seen, especially now in the, in the COVID world where people are working remotely, working from home, there tends to be people, so what's happened, was, was already happening in an office environment has, has actually been exacerbated now by going remote. I've noticed that people, and maybe it's just the world that I live in, I work with a lot of technical folks, and they tend to, to want to be left alone. They want to go back to the cubicle, design the perfect widget. They're very, they're very comfortable by themselves and not necessarily in group settings. And so even when they're in the office, it was too easy to send an email or shoot a text message rather than walk down the hallway. And that's certainly been furthered by working remotely. And so now what I see is people send a lot, there's a lot of communication going on, a lot of one-way text messages, something on Jira or Slack, you know, an email. And these are all great ways of communicating, but what they don't do is close the gap between communication and clarity. And you want a clear message. You want to make sure that the message you're sending got received in the way you intended. And I think what happens is people have this burning desire to want to check the list off, check their to-do list. They want something off their plate. They want to be able to throw it over the fence and so it's somebody else's problem. And that's easily accomplished by a text message or an email. It's not what they don't want to do is pick up the phone and call you and say, hey, here's what I did. Is this what you wanted? Because rather than being able to check something off their to-do list, they might walk away from the conversation realizing I now have three other things I have to go do. And so I think that Working remotely actually feeds into that. People are very quick to send an email, shoot a text message, and not really have that conversation that really is needed for clarity. Okay. Would you agree um, with this? Pretty much is going to be our new normal uh, when we're working uh, in office. It's not going to be as many office uh, environments anymore. Um, we will get back to some, but it's not going to be like it used to be. In this new normal that some are accepting, some are not accepting. Would you say that um, the lacks of being at home and in your own space, that uh, some of that productivity will start to go down? What suggestions do you have to, to make it, you know, keep it where it needs to be or, you know, bump it up? What suggestions would you have for a company to say, okay, let's still have these team building activities, even though we're not in the office? I hope it doesn't go to the extreme of everybody always stays home. You know, I've seen Facebook and some other big clients say that we're, you know, you're not coming back this year, continue to work from home. Mm -hmm. What I'm hoping is that that will, there'll be something in the middle. And even the ones who work from home are going to have to come into the office at some point because as human beings, we're a tribe and it's hard. You don't connect the same way over zoom. 
which is certainly better than just text messages, but even that has its limitations. And there are things that you pick up on when you're actually having a cup of coffee with someone that you don't get through collaboration tools, even including Zoom. I mean, that's certainly better than the rest, but it's still not perfect, right? So my expectation is at some point, there will still be some meetings at the office where people come together as a group and to make sure we keep those bonds and relationships going. I think as far as productivity going down, I do think you're right. I think there's been a, a bump in productivity right now. People are, you know, excited about it, but, you know, they've gotten two or three hours back that now they don't have to drive into the office and back. They right. can work, they can have lunch whenever they want to have lunch. And I think people are probably excited by the fact they still have a job and their, their friends maybe don't. So uh, you would expect to see some bump in productivity, which we have seen, but I do think that will, that will start to drift down. I think productivity will start to drop as people get used to it and it becomes the new normal for them. I think productivity, at some point, they're probably gonna put some barriers up, right? Yeah. Right now, there's no barriers. I can be, you can reach me at 10 o'clock at night. You can reach me at you know, 11 o'clock at night. At some point, people are gonna start pushing back and say, hey, we need some boundaries here. And right. after eight o'clock, you know, don't, don't touch me. Right. But in the meantime, they've probably gone outside and cut the grass at one o'clock. And so you know, productivity, I suspect, will, will probably start to drop. I think to keep it up, you have to have clear definition and clear direction about who's doing what, when is it due? And that's really the beauty of having project plans. There's a concept in project management called slack or float. And we know that some activities can actually afford to be delayed until next week, and it has no negative effect on the end date of the project. And so in knowing which ones have to get done today or this week versus which one, and I think that the beauty of project management, and there's a, there's a concept called slack or float. And slack or float says, which activities have to get done today or the project will be late versus which one can we wait till next week to do? They have flexibility on them. Knowing which ones have to get done right now, today, this week, versus which ones I can afford to wait till next week when I have more time is incredibly powerful. But that means we have to plan the project so we can figure out which ones have to be done now. I think to have clarity around your message about what has to be done and by when, that's what actually will keep productivity high while keeping the workload even. Okay, let's talk about a project success method. What is that and how did you come up with it? So the project success method was developed in the 80s by Dr. Tom Clark, who was a Georgia State professor here in Atlanta. And it's based on the critical path method from the 50s. And what it really is, it's just a team centric approach. It's about making the team accountable. So having the team build their plan for their project, having, we have some basic tenets that say, nobody can assign your name if you're not in the room. You know, people. Hey, how's it going guys? My name is Thomas. Um, I'm talking, I want to talk to you guys today a little bit about investing and how you can save for your future. Okay. So a little bit about me. I'm 17 years old. I'm going to be a long-term investor. I'm already invested. I've been doing some research over the past couple of months, and I've been learning how to invest in the stock market for the long term. And over those past couple of months, I've been building my Instagram, where I give investing tips, and I make daily videos about investing. Um, I make those as well for YouTube, YouTube as well. Um, so I wanted to talk to you guys about investing because from what I've found, a lot of people will ask me like, how'd you get into investing at such a young age? And what I really think about it is investing is, is a skill like any other skill, all right? A lot of people 
really understand digital marketing and or really understand uh, something that's um, they're they're passionate about that they're trying to do for their career. All right, investing is a skill like any other skill, um, and you know by learning kind of the steps and how you do it, you can get really good at it. And I think you guys should check out my page if you guys are looking to invest. Uh, if you have investing questions, because I can really simplify investing for you guys. It's not. It isn't a difficult thing if you understand it, and there are some really easy ways that even people who don't really like investing um, can invest for their future uh, in the stock market. So if you guys are interested in that, please DM me on Instagram at GetRichWithRichmond. You guys can watch my content on YouTube, on Instagram, and I'd love to connect with you guys. So, thank you. So the Project Success Method was actually developed in the 80s, early 80s, by Dr. Tom Clark, who was a professor at Georgia State here in Atlanta. And it's based on the Critical Path Method, which was in the 50s. It's, it's just a basic tenet of how do you lay the work out so you can find the things that take the longest, and that's what's going to stop you from hitting your deadline. But what we've done is spend it with people. You know, people matter. So we have some basic tenets that we believe in and follow. One is that nobody can assign you to a task. You have to assign yourself. You have to stand there and say, that's my task. I own it, put my name on it. So people, you know, people are often afraid to leave the room because they say, if I leave the room, my name gets assigned to everything. Well, they love our process because your name cannot be assigned if you're not in the room. And then if your name is on the activity, only you can tell me how long you need. You get to assign the duration, not me, not your boss, not the project manager, you. You tell me how long you want for that activity. And then the third thing you tell me is what information do you need from others in order to do your work? What we've done is create a project plan where each individual team member is, has agreed to take ownership for their activity or set of activities. And that drives accountability down to the team level where it belongs because most of the world today works in a matrix. And in a matrix, for my pay raises, my job reviews, my promotions, I report to my functional manager. And then I'm dotted line over to the project manager. And I'm also dotted line to five other projects. So not only as a project manager in that organization, do I not have the ability to control the people on my team, I can't make them do the work. I'm competing for their time with five other teams, five other projects. And so the only way to be successful in that kind of an organization, which most of the world is, is to have accountability at the team member level. And so that's really what the project success method does. It takes accountability and makes it team-centric, team-focused, and forces people to collaborate. Let's take it, you know, the, the uh, notch up. And yes, it's the team that's a part of the project, but what about the team leader or the team owner? How can a team member uh, approach that leader and say, like you say, if you're not in the room, your name is not going to go in the bucket. But there are times which we both know that your name is going to go in that bucket, whether you're in the room or not, because we may say, oh, well, this person is stronger in this, you know, skill set, so let's put them there. We'll call and tell them about it later. You know, that happens, you know, quite a bit. So what suggestions would you have for a team member to suggest that to a leader and for a leader to be able to listen and understand what that member is saying. You know, history tells us that people are fairly smart and nobody wants to fail. And if you're constantly assigning some people who aren't in the room, 
you give them a duration that they can't live up to, what's the point in that? They're not going to be able to get it done. And they have no accountability. And remember, you're probably competing with five other projects for that person for their time. And if my choice is to do the work for you, who actually asked me how long it would take me and asked me to take ownership, as opposed to this other person over here who's, who's dictated to me, well, guess who gets my attention first? It's going to be the person that was collaborative with me. And I think as a team member, as a team owner, rather, what, what's the point in that? To me, you need to be inclusive because since you can't make them do it, they better, they have to have their own accountability. And we know what drives accountability is having them. So having them take ownership for it. So what we always do, if the team member's not in the room, let's say that you are the expert in this topic, and this is definitely your job to go do this task, but you're not in the room. Then what we do is we put the project manager's name on it as the temporary owner of the task. And it's their job to do one of two things, either go get you so that you agree to take ownership for the task, or they can be what we call the task owner and they're going to leverage you as a resource. So they're going to be, they're going to take ownership and responsibility for getting the task done, but you're going to be the one who actually does the work as the resource. They're going to work with you to make sure that happens. So that's what you really want because if you create an environment where people are going to lie to you, then nobody can trust your project plans and that's not a sustainable model. I, I love that you said that um, because it's, it's um, some team, team owners, you know, they're in that, that area of, you know, well, I'm delegating and this is for you, this is for you, but you don't understand the weight that you're putting on a person of tasks or projects that you may not be aware of, or you may think, oh, well, it's not that big of a deal. They can hurry up and run through this. And it may not be hard for that person, but it's just one of those time consuming things that they may have to do. So something's gonna get neglected. And, and that puts, puts one of those projects, if not both, in a bad spot. Yeah, we have these conversations all the time with people and somebody will say, well, that's, they give me five days for that task. And the other person goes, oh my God, five days. That's like six hours. Where do you get five days from? Yeah. And then you have to explain, well, I have four other projects going on right now. I'm working on putting out this customer fire for my boss. I've got my kids it's sick at home. I can't be here all the time. I've got three other things I'm doing and I got jury duty this week. There's no way. Yeah, it's, it's six hours of my time, but it's going to take me five days to find those six hours. And those conversations have to happen. Keep is a little bit like a tree. Ready? Okay. <laughs> you plant it in the ground, things grow out of it, and you get all these benefits. You know, Keep might be a superhero that comes in and helps you when you're just at that point of frustration. Small businesses are the heroes. Uh, Keep's the, the sidekick. Comes along and helps you in your crusades. Keep would be an octopus because it's got all those arms and it can keep track of so many different things for you if you trained the octopus. Keep is a fantastic product that helps small businesses grow. Keep is CRM, sales and marketing automation for small businesses. CRM stands for Customer Relationship Management. The CRM helps you to manage that relationship. We've given them one place for their sales, their marketing, their payments. One arm could be uh, you know, calling your customers, one arm could be texting them. The typical day without Keep is chaos. It is certainly chaos. It's the four Excel spreadsheets I have open on my laptop. It's the 15 sticky notes I have stuck to my desk. Did I call this person back? Did I reach back out? Did I send an email? Which post-it note comes first? Uh, which notebook comes first? It all starts with getting organized and calming down that chaos. 
Another arm could be sending emails to them. One arm could be writing down information about your clients. Keep controls the chaos that every small business owner faces every day. The coolest thing about Keep as a product right now is the Keep business line. The appointments feature. Automation. Automation. The coolest thing about Keep as a product is having one system to grow your business. Another arm could be putting an appointment on a calendar, and another arm could be sending a quote to a client. I don't know. <laughs> How many? <laughs> That's a lot. Maybe it's a squid. Maybe Keep's a squid. I don't know. No, I completely agree. Those are those uh, necessary conversations that so many walk away from or uh, too timid to have. And those are crucial to any project for that project to be successful, stay within budget, and to have a happy client at the end of the day. Um, so with, with your book, Process Success Method, it kind of, the title pretty much speaks for itself. Is you know, of, uh, um, having a successful project and you know what method you know what's your timeline what plan are you going to put with that project to make it a successful project yeah we've been using this process for almost 40 years and uh, our clients love it it works really really well it helps you bring order out of chaos and it's a very simple process to follow nobody ever comes out of the process going well that's a lot harder than i thought what they usually yeah. say is that's a lot easier than i thought right Right. No, and, and that's, that's um, a good way to put it for projects. For someone that does, you know, is in the midst of all of this all the time, everything you're saying is completely, you know, right. And how um, some people can be misinformed or not really educated on a topic that they think that they may know, you know, for a person to get through it, you have me here for a reason. And that reason is I'm the expert. I understand this mythology and I'm the one that, that, can, that can go through it. So um, those are some of the things that, you know, we, we forget about and that we have to uh, be, you know, make ourselves aware of. Um, and I think the pressure really goes on the project manager. It's up to the team owner, the, you know, the project manager, whatever you want to call that role. They have to be strong and they have to be, yeah. they are the buffer. They're the shock absorber between the team and the customer mm -hmm. trying to balance those things out. Mm -hmm. And they have to have the team's back because listen, as a team member, if you don't have my back as a project owner, then I'm not going to have your back and you're going to fall to the bottom of my to-do list. And then guess what? I'm putting in my 60 hours a week. It's just, you're going to get hour 59 and 60, not hour one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, thank you so much, Clint, for coming on and having this conversation with us. Before we get out of here, can you give us top five things for businesses that's working at home and working with their team members top five things that they can follow to have a productive team away from the office? I think one is you need to have clarity. You need to have clarity around your message. And so that's, that can certainly be supplemented by emails, but don't be afraid to pick up the phone, have the Zoom call, and tell people not to put their profile pick up. I want to see your face, and let's have a dialogue, right? right? I mean, one of the chapters in my new book is called Communicate Like a Person, Not an Emoji. And that's because... What does a thumbs up mean? It means different things to different people. Right. I was talking to somebody recently who had done a thumbs up and the person was offended because they thought they were flipping them off, right? And so be clear in your message. And the way to be clear is have a conversation, not just a one-way dialogue. So that's the most important thing. That just, and that gets sprinkled throughout. You want to be clear around the scope of the project. Mm -hmm. You want to be clear around who owns what. So be clarity around your message. 
The second thing around clarity would be be clear around who owns the task. Make sure that you let the team member select themselves as the owner. And mm -hmm. then you let them pick their duration and their predecessors because now they're going to own it. But also be clear around the fact they can change it later. If, if they give you five days this week, but then that task is a month from now and they end up in jury duty that week, then they need to adjust their duration. So be clear around that and be flexible. The third thing I would say is create an environment where people are not afraid to tell you the truth. Because as, a, as an owner of projects, I understand that bad news is going to happen. There's no way in big projects there, that something won't go wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually okay with the fact you're going to give me bad news. What I'm not okay with is the fact that you give me bad news today that you've known about for three months, but you just didn't want to tell me. Because now I've lost three months worth of the ability to fix that problem. So create an environment where people are not afraid to tell you the truth. Because it only, it's only going to hurt you if you do that. Uh, number four, I would say is is make sure that you do have some face-to-face -face meetings when, you know, when they are allowed, even if it's with social distancing and, and masks. Because again, what we found is the relationships that you build while you're face-to-face -face can simply not be replicated through Zoom. Now they can be nurtured once they've already been established, we can nurture them through Zoom, right. but you're not gonna get the same thing. And I guess number five is don't be afraid to, to uh, applaud success. So not only should you be, you know, reprimanded, but you should also be applauding. Great job. You know, we got this thing done. Make sure that people feel like they're still a part of the tribe, even though they are back in their silos. Thank you. Let everyone know how they can connect with you and also purchase your book. So you can get the, my current book is out on Amazon. The new one will be out in August or September on Amazon as well. The website is projectsuccess.com, or you can look me up at clintonmpaget.com. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.